Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Last week of OTAs is getting kicked off in just a day from now. You got mini camp and then you got training yep. camp. So I got my eye on the season and let's have a little fun today. Let's do a little over unders. You want to do some over unders today? Yeah, let's go for it. I got How, some over unders. I got one for you. Oh. Over under seven over unders that we'll do in today's episode lazy so probably under okay probably under. we'll see if we can sneak a little bit more than seven in and maybe jacob will cash in big at the betting window big. taking the over big time cashing in um you know we're gonna get into some general thoughts on otas in the second episode as well and, and talk a little bit about the offensive line there's been some guys on that offensive line that has been impressive just you know yep. visually being down there right. seeing them the weight that they've put on um we're also going to hear from isaac Simalu in, in a little bit as well but one thing I want to say before we get into these over-unders from being down at the facility the past week, and I know you could, shh, can't say much, this yeah. team is big, man. I mean, it looks like in Mario when you eat the mushroom and you boop, 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 and yep. you grow like 10 inches. Yep. This team looks like they all ate Mario mushrooms, man. It It's like a Hank Pym just dropped a little oh. bit of that growing. Yeah. Um, the reverse Ant-Man Ant yeah. formula. The, the Pym particles. The team, the pin, yeah. Thank you. My nerd butt couldn't think of what it was called. The Pym Particles to grow the team. It, it's a bigger team, dude. It, it's going to be some sore Mondays for the rest of the NFL oh, yeah. when they play the Steelers. Oh, you love to see it just because you you witnessed the lack of physicality on the, on the front side of that offensive line the last couple of years. They've been rebuilding, and it's, it just blows my mind how quick of a turnaround that offensive line has made, especially when you consider – Guys like Broderick Jones and Isaac Siamalu being added to that line. Yeah, but it, and it's not just the offensive line, though. I mean, Kenny looks bigger. Yeah, uh, right. Najee, Najee's a different cat because he doesn't look bigger because last year it was shocking, but he right. looks better. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, he looks he, he more may, cut. He, he looks have, more, yeah, leaned out a little bit, yeah. but still retain his size. Tight end room is just... It's, well, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. Gentry and Washington are just. I mean, two if Pat Fryer is your smallest tight end, you're doing something right. I'm not even kidding. You. He looks like Muggsy Bogues out there. Like when he's doing drills with tight ends, right. and you see him catch a pass, and then you see Washington and Gentry next to him. Like Pat, does your neck hurt from having to look up at these guys and <laughs> huddle every time? It's, it's really shocking to see. And and if you have you obviously, well, a lot of you haven't been able to see it in person, not being able to go to OTAs, when training camps open to the public. And you get to go out there and see it in person for the first time, you're going to be just as blown away as I am. It clearly is a team that wanted to get nastier, kind of wanted to get in the old DeLorean and go backwards a little bit. Old timey Steelers football, not exclusively, but you know, making that a more part of their identity in the modern era of football. And right now, it's it's out of the gate running because yep, what Weidel, what Khan, obviously what Tomlin too wanted this team to kind of move in the direction of. They're doing that, 
Does it translate to wins on the field? Who knows? We'll but see. The, they're enacting the plan that they wanted to. Now we just wait and see if the plan works. It'd be hard for me to imagine when you have a said plan, and this is just a bunch of guys coming together who have not worked together before and have very little experience doing the jobs or, or the responsibilities that they have, and then setting a plan and just hoping it works. These guys are professional. Tom is one of the longest tenured head coaches. Armand Khan is one of the longest tenured employees within the Steelers organization. Andy Weidel has been in the GM room for a long time. When these guys, when these kinds of guys get together, they set out a plan and then they make the first step, which is arguably the most important, which is getting the right personnel to kind of match their game plan. It'd be hard for me to imagine it doesn't work out on the field. Hard for me to imagine that as well. Um, at least, let's put it this way. It's hard to see it not working out to the point where they're like a five-win team. Right, right. Maybe it doesn't work out where you don't win a playoff game, or maybe you don't even sneak into the playoffs. But if you but can still get to yeah, it's you're not going to be a bottom barrel kind of team that is out of the playoff picture by week 14. As always, the Steelers will probably be entering week 18 playing for something. That's just the way right. that it goes in the Tomlin era. So... I don't think that it could possibly again, everything looks better than it was last year. You went nine and eight last year. I don't see you how think you, you got go better. I don't see how you could go backwards. Right. I agree. You Unless could, something goes wrong. Yeah, injuries, of course, could always but happen. Even so, Tom, you have you can deal with injuries so much better this year. Right. Than ever before. That's what I was just gonna Not say. Ever before. I'm sorry for the hyperbole, but but in recent memory. If Kenny goes down, you have Mitch and Mason as your backups. If, if Najee goes down, I can survive a game with Warren, a two right? games with Warren. If Pat goes down, you got Gentry and Darnell Washington. If any of the offensive linemen goes down, we've said many, many times, we think it's the deepest unit on both sides of the football for this team. I mean, Herbig, whoever loses the battle between Jones and Moore. I mean, there's a lot of got Dotson, uh, Green. There's a lot right. of guys ready to step in that have had starting experience on that offensive line. You're going to lose T.J. Watt for a handful of games. Marcus Golden makes that a lot Golden easier coming to in, right now. Absolutely. And now Herbig slides down to that yeah. fourth spot on that roster. Well, I mean, he would move up to third, yeah. If TJ if goes, down, goes yeah. down, yeah. But I meant just overall, Golden But still, the it's, to it's slide not just, back. it's not like what you had last year or the year before that with, no, Mel, no. with Mel Ingram. No, not at all. And I don't think you're going to have a Mel Ingram situation. We talked about that with Golden when he signed last week, but. Yeah, this guy, I think, knows I think less the, is more for him. We saw that in the stats. When he played more last year, his stats went down than the year prior when he was more of a role player and he had 11 sacks. We The depth at outside linebacker has been somewhat of an issue the past couple of years. I don't think it's as big of an issue, but obviously when you're dealing with depth at that position, that means most likely you've lost T.J. Watt, which is consequentially the most important person that you could possibly lose. And you see it in terms of the win-loss record with or without him. All right, we'll put a bookmark in the OTA talk right now. We'll get back to it in a second. Let's get to some of these over-unders as I stalled a little bit to finish off my list to to round it out. I think i got eight here that we can try to get to. So you're looking good for your over right there, Jacob. Well, you wrote down eight. We'll We'll see if we get to them. Our first two feature Mr. T.J. Watt. And the first one, I'm sure you could understand... Games played. Yeah. 14 and a half oh. is where I put this over under. And now I want my hand up here. I am not a handicapper. You know, if I was, you would never hear from me on this podcast or airwaves again. I'd be living in the desert in Las Vegas making crazy money handicapping right. these things. 
I didn't look at a website, you know, find uh, odds based on what real handicappers are saying. TJ, I just kind of guessed. Kind of gave it a little, the old gut feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? You went 14 and a 14 half? 14 and a half is where I went because I, I just Out think he's going to miss games. So it's hard for me to go 16 and a half. Will he play all the games or not? Like, I, mean, I, I feel like I have to go under. I'm going to go under two, but I think not it's by, by a lot. Hair. Yeah, not by, by a lot. By half a game or by one and a half yeah. games. Maybe, you know, 14 13, games, somewhere 13 that. games. And you could, we just said we could survive, or we think this team could survive playing 13 that, games with TJ Watt. That short of a stretch without yeah. him. I, I would actually say I feel more hmm, I feel more comfortable than last year, obviously, but I think I feel comfortable enough for TJ to miss three games. I think if yeah. he misses three games in a row, and again the schedule allows lot, you yeah. because is last there ever year, three games straight where it's really bad team or a difficult team? No, excuse me, not like last year where you were playing Buffalo and Miami, and who else? Philadelphia. Remember that right. death heading stretch? into the stretch, Tampa Bay was in there too. You right, beat, you beat them, but yeah. you were a nine point underdog heading into that game against Tampa Bay. So yeah, you, you don't have the murderers row stretch this year at any point in your schedule, uh, so that helps survivability too. But you're also just in a much better spot last year. Marcus Golden's way better as a depth piece than anybody you had last year. Absolutely. So and I, you just, from what we've seen so far, his interaction with the Pittsburgh media, he does seem to be going forward with a team-first mentality. Win first, win above all is what I he just, cares more, most about. You know, it's it's always up to the individual, but... If I were to put myself into his shoes, it would be so hard for me to to not have that mentality right now. Sure. Well, you career. thought the same about Mel Ingram, and we saw how that went. Yeah, but I feel like Ingram had even a little bit more tread on the tire at that point than, than Golden might might here. But, but Golden he, is still only two years removed from double digit sacks by not playing as much though as a starter. Yeah. So I think that's if he can recognize that, then I think less that can is go more. Way. Less right. is more with me. I can. I can really explode as a number three because I'm probably good enough to be a number two still somewhere, but if I don't have to be asked to do that, I make the life on the offense a lot harder because now all of a sudden my our depth is as good as some teams starting tandem. Right. So I think that's where Golden helps a lot too. So we both go under on games played for TJ Watt. No offense to him, it's just I'll believe it when I see it when he goes over that 14-and-a-half right. spot. I put sacks at the same number, 14 and a half sacks. For TJ? For TJ Watt, over under. It obviously depends greatly on games played. However, I think if he plays if, 14 if, games, If you though, get to the neighborhood that we were discussing, 13, 14 games, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I think he'll get like 15, 16 sacks. If he plays 14 games, he'll average a sack a game and a little more. And a little more, more. Yeah. yeah. So I... I, I I view it as an over on 14 and a and half. Here's but again, he too. can play nine games this year, and that over goes kaput. If he plays that 13-14 game, game neighborhood, Tom, that means that he's not coming back from or dealing with a lingering injury that sidelined him for many, many weeks at a time. So I can't imagine, similar to last year, where he came back from that injury, that that would prevent him from exerting himself at a 100% rate. So I feel like if he's playing, if he's only missing, let's say, four games max, if he plays 13, then he should be able to go out there every week he's on the field and go all out. And I can't imagine a 13-game season of which T.J. Watt plays that he doesn't get over that 14-and-a-half sack mark. Yeah, well, I mean, 
assuming he's healthy, he's going to play the Browns a couple times. Yeah, feasts on the Browns. Oh, always. just absolutely destroys that team. So always you're, you're, you're outperforms good for like four sacks in those two games. Always outperforms Miles Garrett in so, those head-to-heads. And he's got. I don't want to call him streaky because he's not. He he's a consistent player. Yeah. But he's got those hot streaks in him where he has like oh, a yeah. four sack game. We saw that last year against Cleveland. Against Cleveland. Two years ago. Two years me, ago. He broke the and sack then finale, record. It looked like he wasn't going to break the sack finale, record. Right. And then four sacks later against Cleveland, you're a sack away, a one and a half sack away from breaking that damn record. So there's definitely part of me that thinks that he could play 10 games because of health being a problem, but like you said if it's not a nagging lingering injury where the other seven or the other seven games, excuse me, the ten games that he's playing aren't exactly right. It's it's about a fifty percent TJ Watt, seventy five percent. Right, right. I was saying fifty, sixty percent, but yeah, it's closer to a hundred percent, and that is going to give you the chance to have those multiple sack games where he could miss a lot of games but still get over that fourteen and a half sack mark um, on the season. So yeah, I think he hits that mark. Regardless, as long as he doesn't have that injury similar to last year that keeps him out for what he he was sidelined for seven weeks in a row, eight weeks and then in just a row, never was himself. Even though he came back after a bye week, just so if never. you if you play thirteen games, fourteen games, if you're TJ Watt, that means that you're not missing more than three or four games, which means you're not dealing with anything that serious. So I fully expect him if if that's the mark. 13, 14 games played, he should easily be able to hit that 14 and a half sack mark. What about his running mate, Alex Highsmith? I got him at nine and a half. Will he go back to back years with double digit sacks? I actually think he will. I like that too. He's going to be healthy. I think he's a healthy guy. And listen, you might be like, well, that's a lot of. You just said that TJ's going to go over 14 and a half and Alex is going to have 10 sacks. That's 24 and a half sacks at the very least that you think between those two guys. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, Steelers sack the quarterback a lot. Newsflash. I don't know. Other if you, than I don't last year, seen that, but, other than yeah. last year, yeah, they've led the league. What they led the league like five years in yeah, a row, and then the other team in the state decided to lead the league last year in Philadelphia, right? So they, with a historic yeah, clip, they're always at the top of yeah. the second the quarterback. So if there's ever an over under where you know people get cold feet because well, I already gave a lot of sacks to this guy and this guy, are there enough sacks to go around? This isn't one of them. I, I think there's plenty of sacks to go around, especially from your two premier sack getters. I, I'll go over on this, and then also. We just said TJ's probably going to be under 14 and a half games played. That means Highsmith's going to have a decent amount where he's number one and probably going to have a sack or two. Well, I'll go the opposite route for logic on that one compared to you, Tom. Because Watt plays. When Watt plays, those splits between Watt on the field and Watt off the field last year, when Watt was on the field, that's when Alex Highsmith was able to rack up his sacks because – all the opposing offensive linemen had to turn their attention to number 90 and not had to be as concerned about number 56. When number 56 is the number one guy, I think a lot of offensive linemen's or line offensive lines are able more easily able to prepare for just 56, not when it's 90 and 56. So if TJ does hit that 13, 14 games played clip, I think that opens the doors even more so for Highsmith to rack up his sack total. I agree with that, actually. I think if you've seen it in the past, but then I that when he has one on the field, he's better, obviously. But then I also like that he had to be a number one last year and got yeah. double team. He's got the experience. And he right. did it. Yeah, right. To the point where he was a Pro Bowl caliber player. So I'm over on both of those sack totals for our outside linebackers. I'm, I'm pretty high on the pass rush, but... 
that really shouldn't be shocking. Like we said, no, not at all. On the pass rush. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the offensive side of the ball, Deontay Johnson. Ooh. Five and a half touchdowns. Where are you going? It's got to be over. It's got to be over. Even though five if he doesn't is get a six good touchdown mark. pass. Five's good, too, but if he doesn't get to six touchdowns, I mean... Don't you think he'd be a little bit hungry? He should want to double up right. just to make up for last year. He should be going to 12-13 this year. But. First game of the season, San Francisco is going to be tough. But wouldn't you love to see just first game of the season breaking that spell? I want him to get it out of the way. Eric. Yeah, right. If you go into week five, week six, you go into the bye week, which is early this year without a touchdown, That's bad. it's going to be a tight yeah, two weeks right. off for, for Deontay Johnson. So. I want, you know, I mean, dream scenario is first drive, slant route, Kenny Pickett, yeah. 30 yards to the house, Deontay Johnson. It's gonna be, again, it's going to be tough against San Fran at home. It's going to look it, like I want it to look like the um, almost touchdown he had against the Browns in the last yes. game last year. But he just missed it. Just, I want him to get in. Tackle that, what, the one, one and a half yard line? The end yeah. that, time. that kind of play, though, that kind of he's loose. Because that's I'm the right other there. thing that I think we kind of missed from Deontay last year is the He's loose in the secondary, making people miss. Like the his yards moves, after the catches yeah, right. weren't to the level of a no. player like him. I mean, he was an all-pro punt returner when he came into the league. His most dangerous yeah. weapon is open field. In the open field, he can make a guy miss. Yes. I mean, certainly not his hands as far as his dangerous weapon is concerned. I think that maybe hurts him because he gets the body moving a little bit too early. His hands aren't ready for it. doesn't complete yeah. that catch yet. He's thinking ahead a little bit His too body much. is ready, but his hands, hands aren't ready. Hands ain't ready for it, and uh, he's looking to make that first guy miss instead of securing the football. Right. Maybe last year he was focusing a little bit on securing that football, and that's why you missed out on some of the yak. Either way, he got to find a happy medium between the two because you can't sacrifice yak at the altar of uh, ball security if you're Deontay Johnson. Because, I mean, you're not really a possession receiver guy. Right. You're a playmaking kind of receiver. Right. So, uh, I'm going to go over, though. I, I, just for his sake, I think he has to go over. And, yeah, I mean, for Kenny's sake, too, you hope that the offense is throwing the ball a lot more. There's a lot more opportunities to catch touchdowns for Deontay Johnson. I agree. I, I want to say over, Tom, but I'm really not sure about it. I know that's kind of a cop-out to not give a straight answer. I want to say it's over. I want to say it's at least six. And still to this day, Tom, like six touchdowns is fair, but it's not t- wide receiver one caliber numbers. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you and I are sitting here saying we think he can get to six is really a stretch on 
his touchdown making ability. It's not a good mark for him. No, it's not. This is a guy that you know should be a no brainer that he gets to at least six at this point. Like the the, the the mark should be nine, nine and a half. half. Right, he's gonna get to double double digits or not? Yeah, but even five and a half is is a six hundred percent increase from last year. It's a stretch too. Like I am not, I am not so wholly reassured that he can get there. I, I think he's going to have a big year. I talked about this when I was down at OTAs, jumped on the drive for a second with those guys. Like, he's just so damn good at getting open. And they agree. He's always open. Like, you're a quarterback. You're just forced to throw the ball to that right. guy. So I th- I feel like he's going to have a bounce back year. If if he's as open as all the smarter people than I say he is, then he should be getting Kenny more, yeah. has to throw him the ball. Right. There's just no – that's what Dale was kind of saying. Like, there's a reason why Ben threw him, like, 140 right. passes when he was here – he was always open. He had no choice. He had to throw to Deontay. So I'm not pulling the plug on old DJ just yet. And I don't think you're pulling. I don't no, want to say you're doing I'm that I'm not either. Because you're not. But your hand's getting a little closer to it. A little closer to that plug. Yeah, you know, right. You're starting to inch a little bit towards right. it a little. Uh, George Pickens. Ooh. Over under 999.5 yards. Oh. I'm going to go under. I'll go over just because I think he's... I want him to be more well-rounded in a route tree, but yeah. I still think he's going to be running a lot of fly patterns. So, yeah. I mean, what? You know, he, he had over 800 yards last year, for reference. So about 200 more he needs. A little less than 200 more. I'm s- I still might... S- but there's another cook in the kitchen with Allen Robinson now. Right. I guess there and was Chase Claypool at the beginning of last year, but he gone in the middle of the season. And who knows if Calvin Austin's... Steps Calvin, up. Darnell, Darnell steps up. Zach. Right. Najee. Najee's going to get a lot more catches now with Kenny just being so much more comfortable with the two of them and the, and the dig and dunk passes. There's definitely an argument to be made that stats for the skill players will be sacrificed on the altar of spreading the ball around. Right. And that's not a bad thing. No, it's how a team that might not have, you know, super, super, superstar quarterback wins and can kind of, you know, Keep the op- do the Ben the- Roethlisberger thing where you sneak out a couple of Lombardis under Manning and Brady's right. watch. Keep the defenses guessing, right? Exactly. You, you don't you don't have that stud at receiver or running back. You don't have the King Henry in the backfield or yeah, or the, or the Justin or the, the Justin Jefferson. At everybody receiver. knows he's the. You think the Bills didn't know they were throwing them that ball in that fourth down play last year? Right. He made the play. Jamar Chase. Of course, they're going to throw sixteen times to Jamar right. Chase. Your example of King Henry, forty carries a game. You, you, you got to right. know what you're going to get. They're so good, it don't matter half the time. There's Here, not anybody there on this team yet that is so good, it don't matter. Half you time. have a lot of guys least. with that potential. But not yet. Like, Najee is a top 10 running back potential. Pat is a top 10 tight end potential. I think both Pickens and Deontay are top 10 receiver potential. No one's just gotten there yet. But to have that many guys on one offense getting to that potential or having that kind of ceiling... It's better to spread the ball around and get all those guys involved rather than just feed one guy over and over, unless that one guy like George Pickens is deserving if if he continues to make a stride, whereas we say he has the top 10 potential and we see by week five, six, he's already there, then you have to give him the ball. That's the difference. I think, I think right now with Kenny being very young, right, he didn't throw for a little more than 3,000 yards last year. So to get... Pickens, a third of that is, I think, 
That's not, it's not asking for a lot, but it's just unlikely unless both Kenny and George take that stride this year. Well, speaking of the guy who will be distributing the football, a couple over-unders here for yeah, Mr. Here we Kenny go. Pickett. Touchdowns, I put it at 25 and a half. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under two. Because he only threw seven last year. I'm going to go under two, but I'm going to go over 20. So it'll be in that Somewhere range. Somewhere in that neighborhood. 20 and 24. I, I'd be happy with that. He's got to get to 20 at least. Yeah, like, right. You can't be a, as a much cl- as you want to be that old school team. You still got to throw, throw the ball. Right. Teams are going to score. <laughs> you can have the most methodical nine minute drive, seven points is the result. Right. And then the Eagles score in two seconds, and it's 7 7. We saw that last right year. Back the out Steelers there. would always have these great long drives, but that's the only way they'd score. And then the other team quick strikes, so you're right back on the field, and you're probably going to turn it over. You're probably going to go three and out, and then they quick strike you again. I'm not saying you have to be the Cobra. You have to Mahomes yeah. your way into, you know, you blink and you're up by 30 points. Right. But you got to have the ability to at least once a game, I think, score in four plays or less. Well, Tom, if even 20 is a very easy mark to hit you'd as a think, quarterback. You'd think in today's age, for sure. Yeah. So it's not it's not asking for a lot, no, but the not. fact that we sit here and struggle to to confirm, in I guess it's June now, but to confirm to ourselves in June that we think Kenny's capable of throwing at least twenty touchdowns, and I don't know if I put it all on Kenny, right? Like, do you think that twenty has a lot to do with the play calling? I like what Kenny said in OTAs where he said, we've got players. Where, players need to make plays now. Yeah. It's not about the play calling anymore. Maybe it is still about the play calling, but I like the we'll mindset see. that he I has. I mean, now that you know you have the players, you'll see if it's about the play calling or not. 100%. And then interceptions for Kenny. I had this at nine and a half. Is he going to go into double digits or not? I think he's going to be under. I don't think Kenny's conservative, but I think he's pretty smart. And I think he yeah. learned last year to... I'm going to put the ball in risky areas, put it to where only my guy can catch it, and if the defender gets an interception, it's a tip ball or it's something miraculous that he pulled off. So I'm not saying he's going to, you know, play with his tail tucked between his legs and avoid interceptions like crazy. I just think he's a very cerebral player who has the accuracy to push the envelope while avoiding a lot of interceptions and a lot of turnovers. When you consider that he played <clears throat> double-digit games last year, and in two of those, threw three interceptions, mm-hmm. and then the other, what, like 10-plus games that he played in combined for three, that doesn't say conservative to me. That says he's learning. And again, with a full offseason, I think it's so important to remember that he is a full offseason as with the OTAs, with the meeting camps, with training camp, and the preseason he has an entire time to play with the first-teamers, be in the first-teamers meetings, right? Be in every meeting with Tomlin in Canada, right? Be in every meeting with the quarterback room and being, okay, Kenny, here's what you do. Not, hey, Mitch, here's what you do. Kenny, make sure you pay attention so that if you need to remember this play, you know how to do it. It's all about him now. Well, good news. That was our seventh over-under. Oh. And I got two more that I want to oh. sneak in here. So we're going to fly okay. past the over on the over-unders. Najee Harris. Hey, I'm happy to hit it over on the over-unders for this episode. Najee Harris, over-under, 3.9 and a half yards oh, per carry. It's got to be over. He's got to get to four I yards can't per believe, carry. I can't, I can't imagine with this offensive line it would be under. 
It's just an amazing feat that he has been a 1,000-yard rusher twice in his career without ever averaging more than four yards per carry or more than 3.9 yards per carry. Now, he had stri- last year he, in the second half, he was averaging over four yards per carry, right. but the total yardage the splits. Nine. I mean, yeah. it's amazing the grinding nature that he has gotten to those 1,000-yard seasons. And, of course, the extra game has helped him in both uh, circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. But still, 3.9 yards per carry, 3.8 yards per carry last year. That's got to be 4.0, 4.1 this year. It just has to. I mean, great running backs don't average less than four yards per carry. And that might not be all his fault, but that's the damn truth. No, I don't think it is entirely his fault. He, like As you said, the 17th game helped, but he had to claw an inch every, every step of the way to get to that 1,000-yard mark, that 3.9-yard per carry clip. I can't imagine with this offensive line that we've spent so much time talking about how revamped it is and how deep it is that he would average less than four yards per carry on the season this year. I think I got him at over four yards. Yeah, I think you have to. Something goes horribly wrong. I want him to, for sure. If it's under again. If it's under again, then you have to start. You're not going to call him a bust. He's got 2,000-yard seasons under his belt, but... No, I mean, will he be as good it's as very a first-round pick? It's very possible wonder. he gets over that 1,000-yard clip again. With 3.9 yards yeah. per carry. Yeah, I mean, it's happened twice already. I'm not going to be the fool to say that. So I wouldn't call again. him a bust if he gets over 1,000 yards again. But you, you have to question what, what's happening. And finally, the most important over-under. Here we go. Minka Fitzpatrick. Point five pick sixes. Oh, way over. <laughs> way over what? Way over. You think he's going like, to get two this year? Sorry, easily I'll, 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 I'll hit the over here. I'm going to go under. Whoa. He won't get it this year. I'm playing the odds, baby. One out of five years where he hasn't had it, there's got to be another year where he doesn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, he no, can't I keep don't. doing it. I don't want to. No. He'll go. No, this will be his fifth year with the team. He'll he's get, done it in four he'll years. Get his fourth. That's what I'm saying. I'm playing the odds. There's no way he can keep this up. That's I, just I an disagree insane streak. So, he'll get some interceptions for sure. Tom, he did it in week one, I, right, last the second year? Pa- the second play from scrimmage. Against Joe did. Burrow? Yeah. Who's the quarterback he's going to be playing in week one this year? Probably Sam Darnold. At home? Look, I'm not Come saying on. he won't pick Sam Darnold. It's hard to get into the freaking end zone, though, once you pick a guy. He's on. done it. He's done he's it He's done it from... 99, what, like 103 yards, right? He did against the Colts, the Colts that one, one year. That was insane when he took that. And that was his off. first one with the team. That was insane, that one against the Colts. Um, listen, man, I want him to get a pick six. I think he gets it. I think it. it's an unbelievable feat early in his career that he continues to do right. this. But you you feel me on playing the like it's crazy yeah, already sure. that he's I done get it. it as I get much it. As yeah, this many times for sure. But I'm I'm gonna play the odds that says he's favorable to do so because he's done so so many times in well, just what four seasons with the team. Well, maybe you'll win even bigger at the betting window and you can cash in on yeah, the over under here and then you cash in on on Menka's over. Four pick sixes. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. You just say Alexa. Play Steelers Nation Radio from iHeart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. Singing our teeth back into OTAs in the next episode. Offensive line stuff I want to talk about. And we're also going to hear from new offensive lineman Isaac Siamalu, who sat down with Dale and Matt last week to wrap up OTAs. It's all on the way next here on the Steelers Standard.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 